Welcome to the Transformed Maternity and Birth Podcast with me, Trista, your host. I am a mother, a wife, a doula, and women's health advocate. I am here to dive deep with you into pregnancy, birth, postpartum, women's health, and all things around being a mom. I'm passionate about educating women on their options, empowering you to love and know your body and getting to the root of the issues that we tend to put band-aids over. I cannot wait to get started with you. Let's do it. So this is a topic that's been on my mind for quite a while, and I'm not quite sure if I've talked to you guys about it yet, but I think it's very pertinent. Is that even a word? Is that the right way to say it? Pertinent? Um, In birth work, in pregnancy, in postpartum, in life in general, is people pleasing. So please share with me if you are a people pleaser or if you're healing from people pleasing. I am a recovering people pleaser. It is something that has been really a struggle for me and I think as women we hold this in our in our DNA from ancestors from you know just generational from you know our lineage and stuff like we were watching Bridgerton is anybody else watching Bridgerton it's so good um, and it's like so crazy right because like the women are they have to be so proper and they have to like have everything so perfect and they have to be educated and they know how to, need to know how to dance and how to play an instrument and know how to read a book. Like they need to know how to be perfect so that they are in the top of their class, right? So that they have their, so they're like the diamond, right? So that they're very eligible to be married, to be a wife and have children. Like that's what they're here to do, right? Is to like, find a husband, get married and have children. And it's like so ingrained in our DNA. And so we get pregnant and the first thing we do is we run to the doctors and we say, tell us what we need to do, right? Which is not a bad thing. However, we've learned to look outside of ourselves before asking ourselves really what we need, okay? And we've learned that that's, that's what we do, that we don't know best, right? The provider knows best, the practitioner. And so, yes, they're so smart. Yes, they went to school for these things. And yes, it's amazing to lean on them when we don't know. However, I challenge you to look inside of yourself first, okay? So um, I love Indie Birth. She talks about this a lot. Um, Margo, she talks about this a lot um, about trusting your inner wisdom about trusting yourself like do you really even need to take a pregnancy test how many of you already have known like you're pregnant before you take the test we just take the test and it's positive and what do we do we take another one and another one because we're afraid that one's not real and that's also goes into like right like infertility issues like when we have been struggling to get pregnant right so that's a whole other topic this topic today, I want to talk about people-pleasing and how we can try to use pregnancy and birth as the catalyst to shift that, to change that within ourselves and become 
rebirth to become stronger and more powerful and really find our voice and find our inner knowing and trusting, trusting that. Now, this isn't going to, I'm not saying that it's going to transform your entire life and you're never going to have any issues with people pleasing again because it shows up in different areas and you're going to have to go, huh, I see that. What can I do to change that, right? So it's now, instead of just changing you, it's waking you up. It's making, it's opening these doors. So you can say, huh, why did I say yes? It doesn't feel good to me. Did I say yes because I felt like that was what I needed to say because it felt right? Or did I say yes because I was afraid that that person was going to get mad or that person was going to have a hard time with me setting that boundary? I was talking to a really sweet, good friend of mine the other day, and she was talking to the, me about this, about, you know, setting boundaries with family, especially like right after they have their baby and how, yes, family wants to come over and snuggle and, you know, meet their new member of the family. However, those first few weeks are so sacred and so intimate that it's really important to create a safety bubble. Um, and so that requires us to set some uncomfortable boundaries with people that we know mean well, right? They love us. However, if they're more helper, they're more visitors than helpers, those first two, three weeks, we don't want that energy around because we feel like we have to validate their feelings. We feel like we have to validate their presence there instead of taking care of us, okay? So in postpartum, that's what kind of holding the boundaries and, and looking at your people pleasing, it's called the disease to please. I don't really like using it as a disease because whatever, but that need to please people goes back generations, right? It's this, it's a subconscious thing that we do to protect ourselves, especially us if we've had trauma as a child, um, if we've had kind of a rougher childhood or if our parents weren't very emotionally stable and if we said something wrong daddy was going to get mad or mommy was going to get mad and then they would have a hard time and they would get mad at us and so it was a ripple effect right so we learned to walk on eggshells we learned to be careful what we said right we learned like this is like a personal story for me but that's kind of like for my story and i remember every creek from every door. I knew what door was open, what door was shutting. I knew what sound like that, where this person was in the house so that I could make sure that I was not going to be in their way. And so I've grown up trying to be perfect and trying to fit in so that I stayed safe. And that is so sad because so many people have to do that. And so many people have grown up that way. Um, and it's very unfortunate. And so using pregnancy and birth and postpartum as a catalyst to shift that and to change that. However, how do you know that you're supposed to do that? Like, how do you know that you can do that if you've never understood, like, oh, I'm a people pleaser. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. So again, if you have had people pleasing tendencies, please raise your hand or please, if you don't feel comfortable, you can even just add some hearts because we can't tell who's doing hearts. So if you are recovering people pleaser, please, because I know I'm not the only one. Um, so, right, so let's go back. 
So pregnancy. So you find out you're pregnant. The first thing we do is, right, we take a test. We need to make sure we're pregnant. We go in and we get all these tests and then we have questions. But are you afraid to ask your provider these questions because they feel like maybe you feel rushed. Maybe you feel like, ah, oh, I know that they are um, short on time and they have their hand on the doorknob waiting to leave and you really need to ask one more question, but you really don't want to bother them. This is your journey. Okay, this is important. Your questions are valid. The first question and the 68th question. All of the questions that you have are valid, okay? So yes, providers, OBs specifically, okay? Um, people with a very large practice, they don't have a lot of time because they do have to fit in a lot of people in a little bit of windows, right? So yes, we'll give them compassion for that, okay? However, that doesn't mean that you, your questions, the things that you feel like deeply you need to know are not important, okay? So if you feel like you need to go into your OB office with a list or your midwife office, whoever you're seeing, okay, with a list of questions, do that, okay? So recognizing that that people-pleasing disease or tendency can pop up in that way, okay? Um, another way is looking outside of yourself for validation, okay? Yeah, Amber, thank you for sharing that. Um, sorry. Um, validation. Okay. So looking outside of ourselves for validation. So if you're feeling like a twinge or you feel like your baby's just not moving as much as they used to, um, I get a lot of questions of like, is this normal? Is this like, okay? Like, I don't really know. Like, I feel like everything's fine. However, you know, or I feel like something's off. Okay, let's do that one because this one's more common. I feel like something's off and I mentioned it to my OB and they just were like, oh, it's totally normal, it's fine, right? Or my midwife or whoever, whoever your provider is, okay? But you are like, no, no, no. I feel like something's wrong, right? And instead of like going, well, they said it's normal, right? Validate and advocate for yourself and say, no, like, Yes, you say it's, say it's normal and maybe it is. However, my, my something here is saying no, 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 it's not normal. And that's an easy like go into your office, get a heart, heart like a fetal heart tone check and get a stress, you know, get an ultrasound, do something that's going to make you feel better. Or maybe you're going to be like, told you, I told you something was off, right? Trusting that looking into yourself. So if you have a question of something, maybe somebody can like throw in an example. Um, let's see. I've had the worst experience with doctors and nurses. I do not even trust many of them anywhere. Yeah. And, and it's, it's hard, right? And it's so hard because like one, one bad provider can kind of like ruin it for us when there is amazing good ones, you know, so many good ones. However, there's a lot that it's just the way that they were practiced it's, or the way that they were taught, right? Their experiences growing up, growing up or going through school, sorry. Um, and the fears that they've seen and everything like that. So that's just something to take in consideration when you are um, going into your visits. 
Okay, and so back to like the validation, right? So if you have a question of something, you're like, get, learn. This is a hard thing to do if we've never done it. It can be very uncomfortable to get quiet and sit with ourselves, sit with our body, sit with our spirit, sit with our soul, you know, praying if that feels good to you or just talking to whoever you believe in that's a higher source, right? And just getting quiet and just even like your body and talking to your baby and just like breathing into your room space and just listening. It, you may not hear something, but you might feel something, right? Everybody's a little bit different on how they connect. You might feel, I really need to drink more water today. Or I feel like I really need to go outside. I don't know why. I just have a craving to go outside. Or I have a craving to eat steak, right? Like maybe your iron's low, right? Different things. So instead of like looking outside of yourself first, I, I really want to challenge you to look inside of yourself first, get quiet, give yourself five minutes to sit with that question before getting on Google, okay? Um, yeah, that's, that's something that we can work on, right? Um, let's see, another one is fear of making noise and bothering the staff. So that's another way people pleasing can come up. And I've seen that a lot in my birth classes. I ask everybody, so who's afraid to make some noise here? A lot of people raise their hand because, again, generational, we have been taught to be quiet. We have been taught to constrict our voice, to not ask for what we need because it might hinder somebody else, to not say, hey, I need some space today, or hey, um, please stop touching me because that doesn't feel good anymore. Like we're afraid to say stop. We're afraid to say, oh, that's not working anymore because we don't want to make somebody feel bad, right? We don't want to make somebody like, I know they're working really hard. Like for your partner, you know, an example is your partner, right? Like, of course, we know that they're trying their best to help us, to make us feel super comfortable. So they're squeezing our hips. They're touching us and they're they're just giving us loving energy and it's so helpful until it's not and then we're afraid to say hey that that doesn't help anymore so in my classes we like really work with that and how to like help the partner recognize that that's okay and when we have kind of hurt feelings that that's not like that's not something that needs to go outward that's something that we need to check with our ego and be like why is that bugging me? You know, why is that bothering me that they said to stop? I had a mom, like this was a few, like this was a little bit ago, but her husband was pressing on her knees and it was helping and helping. It was so helpful until it wasn't. And she's like, F off. <laughs> she's like, F off. And he's like, okay, okay. And she didn't mean that in like a non-loving way, right? She meant that in like the most like, the most loving way she could have meant it <laughs> and it was like because when you're in that deep throes of labor words don't really mean much we get down to the nitty-gritty the very raw the very minimalistic things that we can say and do right it can look like a uh, or it can look like a f off <laughs> or it can look like stop or no or just like a wave of the hand right so in my classes we teach a lot about like how to recognize those things and how to not take it personal because it's so important, right? Because we we want our partners to feel loved and seen because we want them to know that we know that they are working really hard with us, right? So that's something that, oh, making noise, right? Going back to that. So making noise 
is a generational thing, right? Like we have been taught to constrict our voice and to not speak up and make noise. So I had a mom that was like, I am not like that does not feel comfortable for me to make noises and moan and, and, and like be vocal. Okay. But it's the most amazing tool I've ever seen somebody use in labor is being loud. And so her husband, we talked about this and her husband was like, I will help you. Like, I will moan with you. We got this. We are going to do this together. And so being able to like recognize, like she had like a whole, like she was holding herself back. He started, he jumped right in and was like moaning with her. And it was like, they had their forehead to forehead, eye contact, moaning together. It was powerful. You guys, it was so beautiful. And it was because she expressed that it was going to be hard for her. So we were prepared. And so if this is something that you've recognized in yourself, you're like, I have a hard time using my voice. I have a hard time speaking up for myself. I have a hard time asking for what I need. The most powerful thing that you just did was recognizing that and speaking it out loud. You just like woke it up, right? Now that you've woken that up, you can't put it back to sleep. Now we have to fix it. Now we have to work with it to make it stronger and make it more powerful, okay? So that's where your team comes in. That's where journaling comes in. That's where like expressing your needs, right? Expressing your needs now in pregnancy, right? Like, hey babe, like, would you mind rubbing my feet tonight? It would feel really, really good. How hard is that to ask for? Sometimes it's so hard. I had a hard time doing that, so hard. Cause I was like, oh my gosh, like, I don't need to ask him. He's been at work all day. I don't want to make him like, tired or I don't want to make him mad or make him feel like I'm ungrateful. And so all these things start popping in our head and that's our ego trying to protect us. That's our ego saying, don't ask for that. Shh. Don't, don't, shh, shh, shh. no, no, it's okay. Just stuff it in. It's fine. You don't need a foot rub. <laughs> you don't need that. Right? So we, we like stuff all of our needs down, 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 down. And then what does it turn into? It turns into resentment and it turns into like, depression and frustration and sadness and alone. We start to feel alone. <sighs> Let that just sit with you for a minute. <sighs> In labor with my second, this was before I was a doula, I remember feeling like I had so many things I needed to ask for that I couldn't. The first thing I asked for was heartburn medicine. The nurses looked at me and said, well, I, mm, I don't know if we can give that to you. And I'm like, well, I have some in my bag. They're like, oh, well, you can't because it's from home. I'm like, okay, well, I need something. Did they give me something? Mm, no. Did they think I was exaggerating? Probably. Did I throw up 10 minutes later because I couldn't eat? Right? <laughs> And I didn't have any medicine to help my th my heartburn, so it made me nauseous and throw up. Yeah. Did my husband go go find a nurse and tell him I actually needed something? Yeah. So that was helpful. So the rest of the labor, I struggled with that. I struggled with asking for what I needed because the first time I asked for something, I wasn't listened to. I wasn't respected. So that is something that we can work on as a birthing person and with our partners and with our team is like, hey, I am going to anticipate me needing this, this, and this in labor. 
can I trust that when I ask for these things that you're going to know what to do and how to support me, right? We can't just expect them to know how we need things and what we need and how to stand up for ourselves and, or how to stand up for us and how to advocate for us if they've never done it before. It's like throwing them in a lion's cage and saying, go, go fight that lion. You've never done it before, but I'm sure you're going to do it. Like, go fight that lion, right? Because that's what they are. They're our protectors, right? Our doulas and our, and our, and our partners and our midwives and hopefully our OBs and our nurses, right? They, we're all supposed to be a team. So if our needs, our voice is getting shut down when we ask for something, that's just putting that belief back inside of ourselves that, yeah, I can ask for what I want. Shoot. Dang it. Right again, right? So we need to change that, okay? So the next thing... Um, Let's see, going along with what your partner, mother, father want, even though you deeply desire something different. So this, I feel like has shown up a lot with wanting to give birth, say, at home. Okay, and your partner's like, mm-mm, mm-mm, <laughs> no. Or you're like, I'm going to go unmedicated. And your mother is like, are you crazy? Do you know what happens if blah, 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 blah happens? Or if this happens? Or you, I don't even know. Like, I had so much pain and you are getting all these things. So, like... In order to keep the peace, we stuff all of our desires down and we say, okay, maybe next time. It's okay. It's okay. Mm -mm. No, no. I'm going to give you permission right now to say, no, mm -mm. I know what feels good to me and this feels good. I'm going to do the hard thing. I'm doing this hard thing, so I need your support. If you can't give me that support, that's okay, but you don't need to be in my space, right? With partners, it's a little bit trickier. However, if they love you and support you and trust you, there's always a middle ground that you can come to, right? There's always a middle ground, and that's another topic for another day, um, the deeper conversations that we can get into. Um, let's see, fear of making noise or being too loud, kind of talked about that one already. So, oh yeah, getting an epidural to make other feels, others feel comfortable. This has shown up for some clients, right? Like, they're like, okay, here we go. We're afraid of making noise. So we start making noise, then we start apologizing for making noise, then we start to feel even more uncomfortable because we're getting louder. We feel more out of control. Shoot. That's our primal, like, everything coming out. That's like a raw birthing person. Like, that's us just, like, letting it all go, which is so beautiful. It's my favorite thing to watch. I love it. The louder you are, the more happier I am. <laughs> like, it's so powerful. I had a mom the other day that was, like, doing horse lips. The second she started to do horse lips, this baby was crowning. The baby was coming down. First time mom pushed for, like, 30 minutes, like it was a beautiful experience. And the louder she got, the more her baby came down. Like it was so beautiful, right? So that can happen. It does happen, right? Yes, some people are like very calm and serene and they breathe their baby down. Yes, they probably did a whole heck of a lot of work. Um, but also you can do a whole heck of a lot of work and still be very loud. I was extremely loud. Um, so loud I scared my daughter, but I was like this, I felt powerful. I felt extremely powerful. 
However, when we haven't done the work, we haven't realized that we have this people-pleasing tendency, then we just go in and get an epidural because we're like, crap, I'm being too loud, I'm being too out of control, these people are getting really like irritated with me. Um, they are telling me, hey, you should just get the epidural because you sound like you could use it. Did I ask for the epidural? No, I did not. So don't ask. <laughs> That's a whole other topic. However, then we kind of are like, okay, fine, I'll get the epidural so that and maybe it's a subconscious thing. Maybe you're like not thinking, hey, I'm getting the epidural because this nurse Jenny is uncomfortable. Maybe we're just doing it because we're like, oh, crap, like I can't do this anymore. So we get the epidural, but really it was because we were afraid that nurse Jenny over here was rolling her eyes at us and getting irritated, right? So I'm getting hot because I'm like, getting a little fired up about this topic because it's it's a personal topic to me. It's something that I really had to work with. I really have had to learn to speak up for myself and learn to ask for what I need and I still have to work on it every single day. Every day. It started though, the door opened for me to really work on this when I was pregnant with Freya. I was like, hmm, I have a hard time asking for what I need. How can I fix that? So me and my husband, we practiced every night different things. And the, the hardest thing for me in the beginning was saying, hey, I know you just got home from work. I know you're tired. I know you just want to sit on the couch and just chill. But I really need us to work on this right now, right? Because it would provide me safety. It would provide me like feeling seen and heard. And once he understood that, we were able to like do it every day and that's something too like you can talk to your partner about is like hey like I don't want to always be the one to ask for this like sometimes it would feel good to say like for you to be the initiator right to initiate the practicing um, of labor breath work stuff like that because right they're like I don't like that's the lowest on my totem pole like that's not on my radar right now but for us it is because we are with this baby in this belly 24 7 so we are constantly being reminded like, hey, labor's gonna come one day. I hope I'm ready. <laughs> Motherhood's gonna come, parenthood's gonna come. So that can show up in all sorts of ways. So I hope that that was helpful for you. Um, something that I've ingrained in my birth classes because I know how important this topic is, is a lot of embodiment work for ourselves and for our partners to do with us. They're two different things. So like there's six different lessons and there's one for you to do. They're all different and they're very intentional and they're very, I had to think long and hard about creating these and they're very important. Um, and if you've been in my class, maybe you can contest to how you've done with these and how you've liked them. And then with the partner exercises, doing it together. And it's helping you to create a foundation for your mental health, for your parenthood journey together for you as a person to not like when you start to feel lost in postpartum if any of you have had that feeling before you can share in the comments if you have but around like month three we tend to feel a little lost so hopefully these practices are you're able to even come back to them and redo them or take them with you throughout the journey and, and remember like hey yeah 
Like I am a person and I am so strong and you do a lot of work. So my birth classes aren't just about learning the anatomy. Yes, it's a big part. It's not about just learning how to breathe, but yes, it's a big part. It's not about just learning comfort measures, but yeah, that's a huge part, right? We want to know how to cope through labor. But one of the bigger parts too is this mindful work. It's this deep soul work that's really going to help take this birthing journey and use it as a catalyst for transforming the rest of your life, for taking this journey and using it as a tool to carry you through your journey, right? So I hope that was helpful. Um, I think I have like one or two spots left for April classes. Um, they are in person or you can do, um, May is also open as well. There's Saturdays and, um, or if you're a birth worker, you could, I have like everything online. So that's also an option. The birth, like the journal, the embodiment work, everything like that is all in the workbook and you can download that and work on it. Thanks Taylor. You're so sweet. And Taylor's going to be at birth class with me in April. I'm so excited to have her. Um, but yeah, if that's, um, of interest of you, you can always DM me and we can chat and see if that's, if just doing like a self-study program is going to be best for you if you want to come in person. So, um, I hope that was helpful. Know that you are strong and you are capable and you have a voice and you are important. Your needs matter. Your voice matters. Your desires matter. And that your inner knowing is there. You just have to listen a little bit closer so that it gets louder. And we learn how to trust it. So I love you. Thank you for joining. I hope you can catch the replay if you are just jumping on. Um, it was a good one. A lot of lot of good nuggets in there. I hope that you can take and use, use it throughout your journey and um, have a very powerful experience. Thank you so much for being here. It really means so much to have you here. Thanks for listening all the way through to the end. I wanted to give a quick reminder that this podcast episode and past and future episodes should not be used for medical diagnosis or treatment, that you should still consult with your midwife, your medical provider, OBJ Ryan, for all your medical needs, all your medical questions. Thank you so much again for being here, and I can't wait to have you here the next episode.